coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's going, baby. It's going. Getting <laughs> everybody ready. Night. It's Wednesday night. Getting everybody ready for week seven by apocalypse, folks. That's we great. get one every year. 2021, it's week seven. Uh, Steve Bonham at nonsense underscore Steve. Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. Welcome in to everybody watching live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, however you're following along. Make sure wherever you are, uh, you have liked, you've subscribed to the page. Uh, all that, all that good stuff. Share it with your friends. And a special shout out to all of our patrons. Yes, uh, and that was the next thing. Uh, Due to real MVP. Again, you can get all your questions in with the show with us here or on Friday night with the boys on uh, Friday Night Insights. But the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of any of us and get your questions answered is through our Discord for $1 in our Patreon, which is listed uh, down there, by the way, patreon.com slash nonsense. Uh, you can sign up for $1, join the Discord, get part of the conversation. It is, it's good times. We're enjoying it in there. A lot of fun stuff bigger. happening. Just make that make that bigger. <laughs> just, just blow it up. Yeah. 72 font. Just get huge. That's right. All right. But uh, Neil, what, what are we getting into this week? It's week seven. You mentioned the bipocalypse. I teased it. I did. I teased it briefly. It's the bipocalypse. So what we're getting most of right now is, oh my God, help me. Half my team is on buy questions we're getting a lot of that right now it's a it's a recurring theme and you would because it's the bipocalypse so odds are if you're if you're listening to this and and you've probably got some holes to fill on some of your rosters so we're going to kind of drive around here a little bit and see if we can help folks with some pickups obviously waivers ran yesterday so if you struck out on anything uh we have a couple different options for you as always check out the waiver report uh that our whole waivers team puts together spearheaded by uh, jordan mcdonald um, but check that out. That's on our website that we are the, still the first in the industry. Take that ESPN. <laughs> That's right. Ours come out on Sunday so that your nobody, nobody can accuse us of thievery. So we get out there on Sunday, but we do have some interesting ones. So Steve, as far as quarterback goes, I mean, it's, it's slim pickings out there right now, but I'll tell you for me, of all the ones that, that have been bandied around, there are a few different options. There are still some streaming quarterbacks available for this week. If you missed out on like Derek Carr, for example, because that was the that was the number one. Right. But for me, if I if I struck out on something like that, for me, it's Tua Tagovailoa. That's that's where I'm looking for for a one week band aid, yep. largely because of the matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta can't stop anyone. Even if they're trying their, their hardest, they can't stop anyone. And they should be trying their hardest uh, this week against Miami, but I don't think it'll matter. So Atlanta's defense is so bad that I, I see no reason why Tua won't have a monster day. So that's my choice, personally. Is there anybody at that quarterback that jumps off the page at you who's a bit widely available? You more of a Danny Dimes kind of guy, Taylor Heineke kind of guy? Uh, more like Daniel that? Jones had those few upside weeks. He's one of those guys that we talk about a lot in um, – in DFS and again oh, yeah. with uh, when you're looking at projections and you care a lot about those numbers, basically you're shooting for the home run. 
Like if you're looking for a safe floor, you steer clear of Daniel Jones. Yes, because he's the one most likely to get you a four. Correct. But at the same time, when he's on, he's on. And I will say this too. We have talked about this several times over. The correlation between him and Saquon Barkley. Yes. And what a difference that makes. Because in that Dallas game, Saquon Barkley left relatively early. Daniel Jones finishes QB 34. Last week, Saquon Barkley doesn't play Daniel Jones QB 28. And we talked about the fact that through the first three picks. Yeah. Yeah. So and through the first four weeks of the season, Daniel Jones was QB six. That's right. When Saquon Barkley was on the field. So it is what it is. Like if Saquon Barkley is playing, Daniel Jones is basically a top 10 option at quarterback. If he's not, I want no part of it whatsoever. He's barely right. He's not even rosterable. If right. Saquon's not playing, so and, that's and I why think another I one away. too. It would depend on uh, league. I don't have the exact numbers up, but I would have to believe that Jameis is pretty readily available. Jameis is pretty available. He's an in most leagues. He comes yes. in at QB thirteen for me this week. He's got a juicy matchup against Seattle on he Monday does. Night Football. Uh, so I think that that's actually going to be a fairly high scoring game. And uh, Jameis should be able to put up good numbers for you if you're desperate at quarterback. And then a guy that we've talked about all the time, especially in the preseason, that is actually finally paying off is Matt Ryan. Right. Took a while. Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Matt Ryan. People were were fading all preseason and it looked like they were right after he was QB 30 uh, in the first week. He finished QB 16 in week two, QB 22 in week three. But the last two weeks against Washington and the Jets, QB3 and QB12 had the bye week last week. Now they're playing Miami in another good matchup. He, he's going to put up numbers for you, man. He, he's going to have say, he's going to have his Miami's chance. defense is just as bad as Atlanta's at this mm-hmm. point. So what you, you could play either side of that matchup. I think that's a great call. I, yeah. And I see a lot. Of, we're getting a lot of questions about Teddy Bridgewater. I'd be more excited about Teddy Bridgewater if he wasn't playing on Thursday night with a bad with a bad foot. Right. That's uh, that's that's my response to that. Quick I, turnaround I, I, against a good defense on the road. Yeah, bad yeah. secondary, but overall still that. a good defense. Yeah. yeah, I'm moving on. So I think for the, for the two of us, probably the ones you'd be most interested: Matt Ryan, Tua. Uh, those are the two. I'm I'm avoiding Daniel Jones mostly because I just don't think Saquon's going to play this yep. week. It's not trending that direction. So we're gonna we're gonna move past that. So hopefully that'll help some folks out uh, at running back. Um, to be honest, there's a couple different options here. Alex Collins, despite the big week, is still widely available. I'd be okay with that. That's a fine choice. Uh, it shouldn't cost too much to acquire. J.D. McKissick would be the one that I would actually be the most interested in, given that Gibson's a little beat up at this point. And we've mm-hmm. seen that when that does happen, that McKissick does have a role. And especially in PPR. Well, yeah, I'm, in PPR, he seems to have a solidified role no matter what. Right. But with Gibson out, that role gets even more attractive in PPR. So he right. would be my first choice, followed by Collins. And then we get to the Cleveland Browns hot mess. So those are my choices uh, with either Browns player basically coming in a distant third between the first two names that I mentioned there. I, I'll ask you this. Is there anybody that I didn't co- that, that we haven't talked about there that would be interesting to you? And then how do you how would you unpack the Browns situation? Because we've been asked that a lot in the last week. Who would you want? If you uh, yeah, so Brown? I agree with you. I have Collins actually one spot ahead of McKissick. But it's a coin flip. It's a coin very flip. close. It's a coin flip. Uh, either one is fine. Yeah. And uh, the difference there is DJ Dallas is the pass catching back That's for right. Seattle. So he's going to get that work. He's going to be involved in that regard uh, of the game. But again, 
He's going to Collins is going to get the majority of the carries. He's going to have those opportunities. He's going to get the goal line work. That's which is not something you get from J.D. McKissick. So basically you're looking at PPR for him to just rack up those points just slightly behind those guys. I have Dearness Johnson. Okay. Okay. Um, So we we were talking about this slightly in the chat today, but essentially there's no Baker Mayfield tomorrow. So it's Case Keenum starting against Denver. Denver, very good defense. Yes. That's well-established. Uh, however, Cleveland runs the third most amount of run plays in the league, uh, and they have the 26th most pass plays. So <laughs> near the bottom of the league in passing uh, offense. And, and then you're going up against Denver's secondary with your backup quarterback. Right. I have to believe they're going to lean heavily on the run. Our guy, John Kelly, back in the league, he is <laughs> going to be the backup running back. Uh, behind Dearness Johnson, but Dearness Johnson is going to be essentially the workhorse. He's going to be the right. between the twenties guy. He's going to be the goal line back. And then you have Demetric Felton who the nerd keeps hyping up. He is going to be the third down back. He will be the, the passing downs back. But again, I mentioned it. He has played 36 offensive snaps so far this season. Two, two of them have been in the backfield. That's he right. has been a slot receiver for the vast majority of this season. I find it very hard to believe they're going to have him running between the tackles at any point in this game. So he should be in for shotgun situations and obvious passing situations, but that's going to be about it. I still wouldn't expect him to have more than maybe 25% of the snaps. And uh, he'll have some work, but not a lot. Even in yeah. PPR and even in an injury and bye week depleted week, I don't have him in my startable range. No, I'm staying away from Felton, but I will agree with you on Johnson. Johnson is the one I'd be more interested in, largely because they are not going to change their entire offense. They're going to try and run the ball. That's going to be what they're going to do. Yeah. And they've had success with that throughout the season. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, especially when the, all of the Browns, it's probably one of the most depleted skill position groups in the entire NFL yeah. at this point. So I, I, I can get excited. I can get myself excited about Dernis Johnson and the prospect that he might go off for you on Thursday night. Whereas right. I just can't do it with Felton. I don't think he'll have enough yeah. opportunities. I have Johnson in my running back flex range. Right yeah. Now. If I was desperate, I could get there, but that's about it. Uh, so real quick, let's whip through wide receiver. Cause there's only a couple. If Darnell Mooney is still available in your league, I don't know. I would love to play in your league. Invite me. That, that right. sounds that sounds amazing. But if Darnell Mooney is out there, just go pick that up and and laugh all the way to the bank. Now let's talk about real people problems um, because it goes off a cliff at that point. So I've got a couple different names here. Uh, well, originally I had T.Y. Hilton on here and I almost crossed it off because we just don't know if he's actually going to play because of the, uh, the, the injury he sustained during that game. However, before the injury, uh, he looked great. I mean, he looked like old T.Y. for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, I, I was feeling pretty good about that, but I, I don't know that I could recommend it. Um, I will say, if you're looking for wide receiver and you're a little afraid of the T.Y. Hilton injury, maybe he's not going to play, I'd take a look at Christian Kirk or K.J. Osborne. Yep. Uh, K.J. Osborne is not going to help you this week, but that might help you down the line. They're trying to get him more involved, but he's on by this week. If you're looking for a plug-and-play for this week, uh, Christian Kirk going up against the Texans. There's any, there's every chance, and it's it is that bad, folks. That's where we are at this point for waivers this week. But the one that's that I think is interesting that I've I've seen a lot of questions about that I don't think anybody really knows what to do with this. Donovan Peoples Jones in the game that we were just talking about. Yeah. A lot of Browns mm -hmm. on this thing this week. If you're looking for a one week band aid, does Donovan Peoples Jones do anything for you, or would you even more like a Khalif Raymond, Quez Watkins, 
What, what do you think? Because there's it's slim pickings out there yeah. if you need a backup wide well, receiver. Well, for first reason. of all, I am slightly offended by the Christian Kirk hate. Okay, <laughs> I I am far from a Christian Kirk apologist. You know that I I prefer Rondale Moore. He is he's my wide receiver two ultimately on that team. But sure. right now, that sure. wide receiver two is Christian Kirk. And in six games this season, he has three games inside the top twenty. Yeah. At PPR wide receiver. So it's not like he's a slouch. And even then he's the other games wide receiver 110 when he had one target. Right. Got right. hurt against L.A. Uh, but the game against San Francisco, he finished 43. So still in flex range and 52. So just outside of flex range. So it's not like Christian Kirk has been a disaster if you've had him rostered. No, no. So I, I think he should absolutely okay. be serviceable. And if you just, it just makes me nervous there, because he's sharing with he's, he's the same problem you're going to have. He's sharing with Nuke. He's sharing with the resurgence of AJ Green, who yeah. just will not go away. Well, I was going to say, if you're looking for a deep dumpster dive, I, mean, I was actually going to go there, too. I was going to go there, too, yeah. actually, where it's like there's any there's any given chance that AJ Green catches a touchdown for you. I mean, look, uh, the targets week. by game. OK, since week one through six weeks, AJ Green. Ready? Six, 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 two, six. Uh, It's it's the model of consistency. So the the difference is also a sign of evil. But we'll. But even then, two for twenty five, three for forty four, five for one twelve was a wide receiver two, five for sixty seven, and a touchdown was a wide receiver two. Then the game against San Francisco where he had one for thirteen, and then last week five for seventy nine and a touchdown was again a wide receiver too. So three right, times this right. year, he also has finished in the top 24. I that Again, Kyler Murray for MVP. I've been saying it all off season. This is his year. This is the coronation. They're 6-0 and right now. They're working and on it, man. Yeah, they're making you. They're proving you're right here so Anybody far. and everybody on that Arizona offense, I'm all about. I'm I'm good with it at this point. I well, think that's, if, why I, that's why I'm bringing it up for Bipocalypse, because even if it's not something that you would normally be interested mm-hmm. in, uh, for a one-week Band-Aid, I could get behind anybody yeah. playing for the AJ Cardinals Green, if I had to. shoot for the moon. I'm I would much it. rather either Christian Kirk or A.J. Green relative now, to like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, to go back to your previous about. question, yeah. I don't think that Jarvis Landry is going to be able to play. We'll know, to, we'll know tomorrow during the day at right. some point. But it looks that. like Odell Beckham is going to play. If Landry is out and it's basically OBJ and Donovan Peoples-Jones, first of all, you already know what's going to happen. Like, it's predetermined. <laughs> that Richard Higgins OB- is going to have the biggest no, game no, no, of his no. life. OBJ plays tomorrow, and this is the one week Baker Mayfield is out. So Case Keenum just throws 15 targets to Odell Beckham. He has the second greatest game of his life. Catches twelve You're already, passes like, for two hundred yards. So many things from the next segment that you don't even know about because I already have this all teed 12, up. It's twelve crazy. receptions for two hundred yards for Odell Beckham. Two tomorrow. scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Baker yep. comes back and he goes back into purgatory. That's right. Three yeah, targets, 100%. five targets, catches one of them. Yeah, that's exactly. what it'll happen. That's how it's going to go. Over the last two weeks, Donovan Peoples-Jones, five catches on six targets for seventy yards, four on fifty for one hundred one this past week. Granted. One of them was a long touchdown at the end of the half. So they're going up against Denver. Like I said, solid secondary backup quarterback. I'm less interested in it than I would normally be. I've got him at my wide receiver 32 for tomorrow. But again, the the uncertainty of OBJ, the fact that I feel like they're probably going to be throwing it a little bit 
because they're going to have to put up some kind of points. And probably again, with that secondary, I think they're going to be all over Odell Beckham. And I think that it's going to give people's Jones an opportunity, but only in PPR. Am I interested in that? And it says a back end wide receiver three. Okay. And I would say I, I, he's definitely near the bottom of all the players that we've talked about to this point. I would Mm -hmm. much rather take my shot on anybody from Arizona. I could get my hands on for this weekend rather than, and hope I get lucky rather than try and put my eggs in Donovan people's Jones basket. But if you're desperate, if you're desperate and there are, I will say this too, like in the same game, I have him ranked basically in line with Tim Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim Patrick is over the 50% threshold. So if, but if Tim Patrick is still available, uh, go grab that because the shelf life on that is ending folks with Jerry Judy reportedly coming back in the next week or so. So, um, but good little bi-week filling here because Jerry's Judy is not playing tomorrow night. Uh, and so we'll just do tight end real quick because tight end is such a mess. Uh, Zach Ertz is somehow still under the 50% threshold. Now that information is probably needs to be updated based on the waivers that ran yesterday. So, or excuse me, this morning in, in, in sure. most leagues. But um, if Zach Ertz is still available, we just covered it like in the Cardinals segment. So super interested in that. If Zach Ertz is somehow available in your league and you need a tight end fill in, go get that because he can be your T2 for the rest of the year. That's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that I wanted to talk to you about is Ricky Seals Jones. Yep. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones is still widely available. And I speak from someone who got torched by Ricky Seals Jones in a matchup last week with that touchdown. Uh, for me, I, he'd be my second choice. I, I they, They've got to have somebody do that Logan Thomas job with Logan Thomas done for the year. RSJ, we've seen have limited value in the past. They seem to have no problem like trusting him to throw it to him. So as far as I'm concerned, tight end is so bad. RSJ is fine with me, but he would be my second choice. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Are you? Yep. You just, yeah. So yeah, not I mean, a whole lot to say. Uh, I would. Let me see. I'm trying to get the official numbers here. Uh, but yeah, basically the first three weeks, Ricky Seals Jones did not play. He played 62 snaps uh, in week four, which was the week that Logan Thomas no, Logan Thomas got hurt at the end of week three, correct? Yes, he made it through most of the game, actually. Right, let me see if I can find what I'm looking for is percentages, and I'm just getting totals. I want to do that. Do, do, do research. I was going to say research. Stand by. Yeah, I was hoping to get. Oh, wait, there we go. Here we go. There it is. Yes. So since week four, all right, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, 93% of the snaps, 99% of the snaps. This past week, he played 100% of the offensive snaps for the Washington football team. So anything else. Yeah, that's it. So he is the primary tight end. He is on the field literally nonstop. He is out there all the time. He is getting those opportunities. And look, as you mentioned Last week, he ended up with six targets, caught four for 58, and a touchdown. That's the lottery at, yeah. at tight end. Is, Welcome does to tight end. Catch a, <laughs> does he catch a, t- a touchdown? Because if he does, and you're like Ricky Seals-Jones, then you finish top 10. You finish mm-hmm. number six. He had five tar- or, uh, nine targets, five catches for 41 the week before, was still tight end 14 even without a touchdown. So they, so over the last three weeks, he's got 19 targets. Yeah, he's on the field literally nonstop. He's getting the production for me this week. He is my tight end six. He's right behind that with all the buys. I mean, yeah, how can, he's right yeah. behind the big tier of the names that you know: Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Waller, and Pitts. It's Ricky Seals Jones for me. So RSJ is the next guy up. 
and I don't feel bad about it at all. No, I'd be fine with it. And like yeah. I said, we've seen him have success in the NFL in a limited fashion in the mm-hmm. past. So you can you can feel pretty good that this isn't a fluke. This is actually more than a one-week Band-Aid. If you need help at tight end, it's it's worth the acquisition at this point. So hopefully that helped a few folks out trying to get their lineup set for uh, for week seven as you try and navigate through the, the second week of the buys. And I appreciate the NFL getting the buy-pocalypse out of the way nice and early for us. Right. So just to tease next week's show. So next week, folks is actually after we conclude this week it's week seven at the conclusion of this week after monday night football we will be halfway through the 2021 fantasy regular season i cannot believe that it has gone by that quickly but that is where we will be so next week we will be doing our normal shtick where we update all of our takes from the preseason through the first half of the season and all that fun stuff but for this week the other thing that we're getting a lot of questions around is well, we're coming up on the halfway point. So a lot of the there's a, it's it's two lines of questioning that we're getting a lot of, which is help me. My team is one in four or sorry, that's not even the right math. Help me. My team is one in five mm-hmm. or I'm five and one. I'm probably going to the playoffs based on my roster. How do I build my start looking at my playoff roster now? It's people are starting to kind of tear off into one, two camp, into more or less one of two camps. And then obviously you have the folks that are kind of stuck in the middle where it's like, I got to decide what I want to do. So we're getting a lot of interesting kind of wonky, some wonky kind of trade questions here. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to do invest divest 2.0. We did this a couple of weeks ago and we got some positive feedback on it. So we're going to do it again. We're going to do, we're going to do it again here to allow folks to kind of get, get themselves situated with who Steve and I think might be on the way up and who might be on the way down and who you might want to acquire uh, either to try and salvage your season, uh, put yourself over the hump, or get yourself into a position where you've got a solid playoff roster that you can do it now before we get to the trade deadline when prices go up, up, up. So let's start with a nice invest target, Steve. And the first invest target is one, it's actually a name that we talked about a couple weeks ago, but for whatever reason, it's still coming up mostly because he hasn't returned to the, to the playing field yet. And because of that, uh, Value is still to be had with this individual, and it's Michael Thomas. It's Michael Thomas. This is your right. turning into bi-weekly reminder that Michael Thomas still exists and that Michael Thomas will be back to play football for the New Orleans Saints this season. It is looking more and more like that. We talked to Edwin about it last week, that it's looking like Michael Thomas will be coming back here before too long next week or two. So if, for me, if you have a good roster, you're 4-2, and 5-1, and one, even three and three, but you have an easy back half of the schedule and you need help and you can be without it for another week or two. Uh, I am all in on knocking on the, the, the person who's rostering Michael Thomas currently's door and seeing if, if, if I can still pick this up at a value, because the closer we get to the closer we get to his return, Mm -hmm. the, the price tag just goes higher and higher and higher. So I want to take a look at this now because there's every chance that the person currently rostering Michael Thomas is not five and one or four and two at this point. And if that's the case, they might not be able to wait a couple more weeks where you probably can. So you can get Michael Thomas for depth pieces off your team. And it's what I'm seeing a lot of like the trades that are coming back and forth that we get to look at. I'm seeing a lot of that type of thing. So if I could do that, I would be all in on it. How, how about you? Are you good with picking up some Michael Thomas? Uh, that's a very, that's a very interesting one. I think it's it's tough to say because he was getting valued basically in 
I want like July, early August before we mm -hmm. knew about the injury and the surgery still is like a borderline top 15 wide receiver. So if you drafted real early, uh, people are heavily invested in that. They're kind of going to hold out hope that he returns on that investment. If you drafted later in the off season, closer towards the regular season and you knew he was hurt, knew he was out going to miss the first few weeks. And he was just like a dart throw pick in the eighth round. Then yeah, it's, probably going to be easier to acquire that player, especially if a team's falling out of it. For me, it, there's a lot of risk with that. Uh, I, I think Michael Thomas is still talented. I think he's still good, but I think there's still this, this fractured relationship they have there in new Orleans where he kind of seems like he wants out. Sean Payton seems like he's done with the headache of dealing with Michael Thomas. And I think if they can part ways and everybody's happy, then they're more than willing to move on i just don't know where he actually ends up if that is the case uh so you're you're taking on a lot of risk that that maybe he doesn't actually play this year yeah it's possible yeah. it's possible i view that as unlikely considering the saints are still trying to win football games and if they're unsuccessful in finding the trade partner sean payton's gonna have no choice they're yeah. devoid of talent outside of him at the wide receiver position so for me i'm a little bit less worried about that uh i I don't view it as that much of a risk, especially given the relative investment that I've seen people being able to get away with at this point. But it is, to your point, it is going to depend on the individual situation of the of the team that you're trying to deal with. So it is a situation where you're going to have to try and kind of feel out the individual that you're trying to work with. And if they want full sticker price, like what I, if right. they drafted early to your point, I'm walking away. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. But if well, I can get it, Michael Thomas for depth pieces that I don't need, then I'm I'm a little bit more interested in that. Sure. And we talked about this before uh, as well. So if you want to go back, not last season when he was dealing with the injuries, but two years ago, uh, remember Michael Thomas was setting all those records, was having a monster season uh, with Drew Brees at quarterback, and he had 581 pass attempts for the Saints as a team. That was 13th most in the NFL. This year, the average team in the NFL has thrown the ball 207 times. The New Orleans Saints have thrown it 120, which is far and away the least amount of pass attempts in the National Football League. The second lowest are the Bears at 149. Yeah. So they've thrown 29 less pass attempts than the Bears have. Now, granted, the Bears have played an extra game. But if you want to look at another team that has played five games, San Francisco's thrown 166. Yeah. And again, I go back to they might throw it more if they had anybody who they thought could catch it. But Marquez Callaway. I mean, that's fair, but they've got I mean, Alvin Kamara. He's been their main like PPR guy for years. You would think if you're going to throw that's that's part of the reason he's been so valuable is the check yeah, downs, the check down and the, and the receptions there. And that just hasn't been part of the offense this season. So I'm I'm wondering if it's an entirely different philosophy with Jameis under center as opposed to what they've had in the past. And without that volume, we've seen that Michael Thomas just isn't as valuable as he once was. I would still value him at at least a wide receiver three if he's going to play. It would just be a matter of can you guarantee me he's going to come back to the Saints? And I don't well, know. He will. Yeah, nobody could guarantee you that. Exactly. So yeah. that's that's the Michael Thomas couldn't even guarantee you that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he had it his way, probably not. I was going to say if he had it this way, he'd be in Duval as the wide yeah. receiver one. So uh, or something similar. But let's let's put a pin in that conversation for a moment here, just because it seems like you and I are kind of 
split on that a little bit. It sounds like you're less interested in that type of thing yeah. mm-hmm. than, than I would be. But I understand there is, some, to your point, this is my point, there, there is some risk involved with, with what, I'm, what I'm discussing. But you got to risk it to get the biscuit sometimes, Steve, it's, as, it's as a friend of yeah. ours likes to say. Yep. Um, so, and this is one where uh, I wrote this. This is one that I actually wrote up on Friday, but I do want to talk about. So we'll do a divest uh, target. And this was for my Friday, my piece last Friday. Uh, but the biggest divest uh, that I had was actually, and this is a shame, but it was actually Kareem Hunt. He led the divest, the divest section last week for me, just because I just don't buy it. I know he was RB4, and this matters a little bit less with him with him being hurt at this point. But with we've seen this movie from Kareem Hunt before. Whenever mm-hmm. the Browns have a slew of injuries, Kareem Hunt gets so much more involved, and he puts up these gaudy numbers. And then when everybody starts coming back healthy, Kareem Hunt comes back down to earth because they're not going to try and put the whole load on him. So with Nick Chubb being out, with Jarvis Landry being out, with Odell Beckham struggling, I was all I was saying after <clears throat> after last week's performance, this is the perfect time to divest in Kareem Hunt. And the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because well, I I still might take a look around and see if there was some way I could unload him off my team. But I acknowledge with him with him missing some time here with the injury. Yeah going to be a little more challenging to do yeah. and so, we talked about this in the discord channel too the fact that that that's kind of the rub right is when nick chubb does get hurt and he does miss miss time then kareem hunt becomes the de facto number one back but if you yeah. actually look at the numbers from last season the four games that chubb missed compared to the 12 games when the two of them played together kareem hunt's numbers were basically the same like nothing really changed he didn't have better PPR production or worse. It was basically status quo for Kareem Hunt. You just had Dearness Johnson step in to that number two role and just assume the workload that was normally going to Nick Chubb. So really nothing changed for Hunt and people were saying it was a bust and a disappointment, but it's only because they expected those gaudy numbers. Right, right. Yeah, so it gave a it gave you a fantastic sell window last week before that game happened. And then, yeah, to your point, him getting hurt, I think, kind of kind of squashes that. It kind of squashes it a little bit, but I would say I'd still try. You might not get the same type of thing, but it's it's worth taking a shot. But it is it's definitely less attractive uh, as far as things that, that I would actually be interested in investing in again. Mm-hmm. And I'm this is going against the grain of what I've seen written other places. Uh, I'm still interested in A.J. Brown. Everybody is ready to cut bait on A.J. Brown that I've read. Every other outlet that I've that I've gone through they're they're over it. They, he's been horrible. I totally acknowledge that up until the second half of last, of Monday night's game, yeah. he's been an utter disappointment. There might not be a bigger disappointment, but what I've been, what I've been saying is the panic has started to creep in mm-hmm. and last night's second half might've thrown, might've thrown a little bit of, of, of spark into this. That's why I wanted to bring it up because the panic has been, creeping in the Titans have gotten off to a slow start, especially trying to adjust to how Todd, Todd Downing wants to call the plays Brown yeah. got hurt. He missed some time, but I, this is what I wrote last week. He's, he's on the mend. And I firmly believe that Todd Downing is not an idiot and he's going to figure out how to get his star wide receiver to football. He's, he's their best pass catcher. And I know Julio Jones is there, but Julio Jones, as I've pointed out a million times, he's getting up there. He's not the picture of health. And then he got hurt on Monday as well. So with that also occurring, I'm I'm still super interested in trying to acquire A.J. Brown. 
they're going to get that offense figured out a little bit better. You saw some signs of life on Monday night. And what I would what I would want to do is approach the individual who has AJ Brown on their roster because they may think that this is their opportunity to unload. He had half a good game. He had some decent numbers. Now's my chance to get out. Whereas from my side, I'm like, great, perfect. Get out. That sounds amazing. I'll I'll pick up AJ Brown for the second half as as they continue to get this going because it's still going to be at an extreme discount from what the individual who drafted AJ Brown had to put up in terms of like investment. Right. So I'm I'm a big believer in this. I think he's going to have a big second half, assuming he doesn't get hurt again. So and we can't predict that as we yeah, know. Right. So I'm I'm wheels up on AJ Brown. How about you? Are you going to throw some cold water on me like just like I Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to do it to you, uh, but I'm so no, just don't. to no, uh, don't lie you're to right. people. You're don't right. Lie. I don't. don't lie. To uh, people. No, to actually to go back to what you're talking about. What we started out with earlier was you're one and five or you're five and one. I'm actually going to say that if you're the five and one guy. I would be interested in acquiring Kareem Hunt from what we were talking about before to sit on my bench and do nothing for three weeks while he's on IR. Well, that's why I, I'm saying it's worth, if you have yeah. Kareem Hunt, it's worth knocking on doors still, yes. even with the injury. Right. You got to do that. Yeah, right? exactly. Because if if I'm a 5-1 and one or a 6-0 oh team, I'm going to seek that player out because I know come playoff time, he should be good to go. And we've seen that he's a back-end RB2 when Nick Chubb is there or isn't there. But right. either way... Right. He gives me consistent enough value that I would want. As for A.J. Brown, this is one of the ones that's pretty scary to me. Yes, he finished uh, as wide receiver 20 this Scared past money week. Make no money, Steve. <laughs> he finished as wide receiver 20 last week, 7 for 91. A good week against a very good pass defense in Buffalo, but it was more of a shootout. The Titans are 4-2. and two. So it's hard to argue. Which is amazing considering how yeah. bad they've been. It, it's yeah, exactly. They have looked horrible on offense. They have played very bad on defense and they're still a four and two team winning the division. It's hard for me to believe they're going to change the philosophy of what they've been doing all season. They've, they've thrown the 19th most pass attempts in the league so far. And AJ Brown in the games he has started and finished is averaging 11.3 points per game. That's just behind Devonte Smith, one spot ahead of Kadarius Tony. At what is that stat? Tell you, I just gave you. He missed several weeks and was hurt, and you're giving me games he started and finished. So of the yeah. six games that have happened, that's yeah. probably two. No, it's four. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he left week three hurt early. Didn't play in week four. He has played every other week. Now, granted, he was on a snap count in week five. Yeah. He was I'll on give the you that. Count. Yeah. But week one. Even if you want to exclude that one too, that's fine. Week one, he finished wide receiver 33, week two, wide receiver 60, and then last week, wide receiver 20. So he's he's been okay, but they're not passing the ball a lot. Really, he has been the number two wide receiver to Julio Jones in terms of targets whenever they're both on the field. That's the other thing. He excelled in the back half of that game when Julio was out with the hamstring injury. So you're counting on Julio Jones to be healthy for me to say that I'm want to be done with AJ Brown. But from what we've seen so far, when they're both on the field at the same time, Julio is the preferred wide receiver for Tannehill for whatever reason, <laughs> I would prefer AJ Brown 100 times out of a hundred, but it is what it is, especially well, at this, these stages in their career. Well, here's the thing because of how bad AJ Brown has been. This is where you and I are in agreement. He's been mm -hmm. bad. He's been really bad. Yeah. And the nice thing about this is, see, I don't think he has to put up that much 
to actually pay you off in this regard because where he sits on most individuals rosters i mean he's fallen so far down their death chart that he can be had for virtually pennies on the dollar at this point so from my end what what are you what are we saying that he actually has to do to to outkick what you would have to do to acquire it so i'm not scared i, I feel like they're going to continue to find ways to get him involved uh and i'm also i'm just dubious of the idea that julio jones is actually going to be on the field Oh, I don't think, like like I said, I agree. I I can't say that I can 100% count on Julio Jones being on the field. But when they have been on the field at the same time, it's been Julio Jones over Brown. And so far this year, the only time that Brown has done anything was this past week when Julio was out hurt. So I I don't know. I'm nervous, but I I can 100% see why you would bet on the talent there because there's plenty of upside I'm We've betting on I'm betting is. on talent meets opportunity meets discount. Sure. It's a winning sure. formula for trying to get trades done. It's, so then it, rest of season, where would you rank AJ Brown? I think that's going to be basically yeah. where you would evaluate what you would give up in a trade. Yeah, hold on cuz I can answer that question for you in one moment, which is always riveting radio for everyone. Well, Stephen Neal, look things up. Uh, cause like right I, now wide receiver 26 is Robert Woods. Would you rather have AJ Brown or Robert Woods? I would actually rather have AJ Brown by two spots. I have him at wide receiver 24 rest of the season. I'd rather Back have Robert Woods. I'm sure you would. Um, conversation. I already gave him 24. Okay. So, so isn't it so Tyler Lockett? Oh, uh, I don't want any part of Tyler Lockett. We can talk yeah, about agreed because of the, because of the, injury. the, the, yeah. the Russell Wilson going down, Geno Smith, Correct. that's a target. Lockett is, uh, but you want to talk about, we'll just do that right now. It was on the list. Uh, if I could get rid of Tyler Lockett right now, today, for anything resembling the value that you would have gotten before the Russell Wilson injury, I'm doing it right now, and I'm never looking back, and I'm done. That's yeah. It. I want no part. I don't want to deal with Russell Wilson coming back, playing with a plate in his finger for the back half of the season for my for the, the games I absolutely need to win. I, I'm scared of Tyler Lockett's inconsistencies with Russell Wilson there. Yeah. Well, I was well. So, that's what we were saying before. Like, I know you never want to make trades early on in the season, but the first two weeks of the year, Tyler Lockett was wide receiver seven, and then two. And at that point, I was saying you got to sell him. You got to get this for yeah. as much as you can. That's right. Because there's no way this this stands up, and he hasn't been higher than wide receiver thirty eight since then. So yeah, it is what it is. Really straightforward. Uh, how about Keenan Allen? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And because Mike uh, Williams has taken over as the primary target. Yeah, so, it's, it's, uh, but they're both still valuable in my opinion. Yeah. It's Keenan Allen by a hair. Yeah. Is, is where that is. Yeah. Keenan Allen by a hair. It's uh, close, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Terry Portland McLaurin. Sutton. Uh, ooh, that's a good one for me because those are like my friends. Those are my fantasy friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have many, for folks who don't get that, I have many, many dynasty teams where I feature both of those wide receivers prominently. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I can, sorry, I got to adjust on that one a little bit because of the Jerry Judy thing coming back. Because right now I have Cortland Sutton like in the top 20, but when Judy comes back. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Amari Bino. Cooper. It's Amari Cooper, but I'm feeling less good about that every week. Uh, Calvin Ridley because he's in that range. It's right still now. Calvin Ridley, but it's my yeah. God, is it like neck and neck? It's so close. Because you want to talk about like my struggles for your struggles yeah. is an interesting trade at that point. Chris Godwin. Oh, AJ Brown. I don't want Chris Godwin. I'm not interested in Chris Godwin at this point. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week, that. folks. 
Um, and then the other guys in that area are Jalen Waddle. Uh, AJ Brown. I'm I'd not sold on AJ Jaylen Brown Waddle as well. Yet. Corey yeah. Davis. Uh, AJ Brown. Not close. Yep. Uh, Christian Kirk. AJ Brown. Not close. Uh, Chase Claypool. AJ Brown. That's closer. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. AJ Brown. And I get, I get the question. Emmanuel Sanders has been great so far. Yeah. He's wide receiver 24. That's the yeah, still not convinced he's going to finish the season. All right. So you've got him, you've got AJ Brown ahead of woods, correct? By two spots. Yep. And then still behind Allen and Ridley. Yes. All right. So that would, that would put him in at about wide receiver 28 right now. Okay. In reality, I said it at the top, he's about 24. Is, yeah. is where so that's, so that's, that's about the, the value range you're looking at. So rest of season wide receiver 20 back end wide receiver 20. So that's basically, that's what I'm saying. He's basically in, the back end of wide receiver two in PPR for the rest. So of the essentially year. if I can trade one of these guys, that's overachieving like in Emmanuel Sanders yes, or like a Chris Godwin, who I want to get rid of, uh, I would absolutely Sterling Shepard. Oh, AJ Brown. And I, I feel bad about that, but Sterling Shepard's had one hell of a year, but I'm not, you want to talk about things I'm not convinced are going to pan out well, the rest well, there, of the way. That's, that's my point is you can a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Brown or Chris Godwin, uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, let's see anybody else. Yeah, that's uh, probably it. That's about the range. Hollywood Brown. I think. Is oh, a I want, really I want, one. I want off Hollywood Brown. So, but I think I could get better than that for Hollywood. Well, that's Brown. what I'm saying. He's a top 10 wide receiver, get, right? Now. I think I could get something much nicer than AJ Brown. If I had Hollywood Brown on the block. So I'm thinking I, I could I'm... move Hollywood Brown to get AJ Brown plus. That's what I'm saying. And I, I would get, absolutely yeah. do that. If I, I could get AJ Brown and probably a depth running back or something. Yep. And I would absolutely do that 100%. five times out of five. I, it's, that's the easiest. I'm never going to lose a wink of sleep on it. I'm going to do that 10 times out of 10. Yep. So there you go. That that's, that's basically where that is in terms of value for, for AJ Brown at this point. And I, and I, for the most part, I would agree with that. I think he's right there on the border of my top 30. Yeah, we're not we're not as far apart not, as it sounds. We're you not know far what I mean? Apart, like, yeah. We're not that far apart here. It's I, like I'm just nervous compared to where it was you had to get him in the top ten at yeah. wide receiver. Hence why I'm looking yeah. through the bargain bin here, where it's mm -hmm. like, ooh, he's been terrible, but I think that'll change. Let's do that. That's kind of the whole thought process here. Yeah. Uh, we'll do this in reverse now. Let's look at a divest candidate. And we'll we'll just we'll just do it because we touched on it a minute ago with the Thursday night game coming up. Odell Beckham Jr. I. Cannot stress enough how much I would want Odell Beckham Jr. off of my roster. Yeah. Uh, it's it, he's been disappointing, even by even when you factor in the discounted ADP on draft day, he's yeah. still found a way to be disappointing. He has no chemistry or rapport with Baker Mayfield yet again. Yeah. Uh, he was only in that Charger game. He was only able to amass three targets. He played a little bit better last Sunday, which is fine, but not enough to justify me changing my stance on this. Uh, uh, this is what's fascinating is we touched on it. This is a Browns team that is bereft of any other options at this point. He should be feasting right now with virtually nothing in the way of competition. And I understand that would draw, in, in, you know, additional coverage, but it's just not happening. Like no, it's not happening for Odell. And as long as Baker Mayfield is the quarterback, I really see no shot that this is ever going to get on track in a real way, especially with Jarvis Landry coming back. Cause you want to talk about things that Baker Mayfield does have chemistry with. That's, yeah. that's the, that's, his, that's their, their BFFs. When Jarvis Landry is on the field, that's who Baker's looking for. It goes back to that, that period in time before Eldell got there where Landry had a head start on him in the door. So 
I will take functionally what I can get for Odell Beckham Jr. at this point. I want out. I want to be done. If I can get anything that makes sense, I obviously don't want to take like this huge loss on something. But sure. but what I want to do, and the reason I'm bringing this up is, you actually kind of touched on it when we talked about the fir- in the first segment of the show. I'm actually really hoping he goes off on Thursday night with Case Keenum under center to help my make my life a little bit easier as I go shop him around uh, in the background. Get a, get a nice start under your belt with Case Keenum and then see if I can shoo this off to, to somebody else because I have no confidence that this situation is going to get better. And frankly, I, I this is like for next year or for future years, but I wish Odell Beckham Jr. well at wherever he plays next because I see no reason for him to continue on with the Cleveland Browns if they're going to keep going with Baker Mayfield and this iteration of what they're doing. On a run-heavy team, why are you paying this man? He's not right. helping you win games. And I have to imagine that Cleveland will figure that out relatively quickly. And I don't remember if this is the contract year for Odell or if that's next year. That's the one thing I didn't have time to look up before we sat down here today. But the... My stance remains the same. If I can get back my discounted draft day ADP for Odell Beckham Jr., I am 100% doing that. I sure. might even be willing to take a small loss on it, to be honest, given how bad that it's been. If I needed like depth or something, especially for like for this week, for example, for the apocalypse, if I could get it mm-hmm. done beforehand, I'm absolutely doing this. So do you see any reason? Do you find any fault in what I'm saying here, I suppose, is the way to put that? Um, no. I mean, he is certainly disappointed, and it, it would depend – like you said, you'd have to get something of any kind of value that's usable for you. Um, <laughs> man, Mason agrees as an OB <laughs> chair. With the crying emoji. Uh, yes. Uh, that is the correct emoji, Mason. Thank you. Uh, again, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Cleveland, 176 pass attempts. It's 26th uh, in the league. When you eliminate the teams that have only played five games, it is the fourth worst in the NFL so far this season. They run the ball more than anybody else. They don't throw the ball very much. You mentioned the fact that they're going to get Jarvis Landry back, who's kind of their PPR monster. But at the same time, I mean, we talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, we're talking about guys like uh, Ratley, like guys who are not good that are basically there, just guys who aren't really scaring you away from Odell Beckham in terms of talent. And in the games that he actually has played, he has 27 targets. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't equated to touchdowns or yards yet, but he is getting the targets. And then again, I always look at who's getting the targets and who's getting the air yards share. Oh, well, that's right, very important, right? Right now he has 27 targets. So when you set the filter at a minimum of 27 targets and 34% of the team's air yard share, which is what he's at, there's only 14 players in the NFL who currently reach those totals. Devontae sure. Adams, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, oh, Cortland Justin Sutton, yeah. Jefferson, Mike Williams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, and Odell Beckham. So he's still being used as an alpha receiver, but we'll see if that target share goes down once Jarvis Landry comes back and with Baker being hurt, how much is that going to matter? Sure. Well, yeah. thank you for stating my case for me because yeah. he's still being used as an alpha. It hasn't yeah. translated to anything. Correct. But because he does have the usage, it's still a tradable piece. Mm-hmm. And the name doesn't hurt either. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying he's a divest for me. You can still get something for him on mm-hmm. the open trade market that you yeah. likely could get something that would be equivalent to what you had to put in on draft day 
and I want to. I just I don't see how he can, he can get all the usage he wants. Yeah. Robbie Anderson gets all that usage. I, it doesn't I think translate to anything. The same either. thing with um, like we talked about earlier with Kareem Hunt. I think this is the same type of deal where if I'm a five and one team, I'm already set with a solid roster, and I can get Odell Beckham for virtually nothing as just a depth piece mm. for my team. There's every chance he could blow up in the second half of the season. And I'm absolutely willing to take that if he's going to be a bench player for me. Right. I'm right, not willing right. to invest in Odell Beckham as a starting he's, player. Exactly. And if he's currently a starter for me, like you're talking about, yes, I absolutely want to get that off my roster he for whatever to, I can get. Exactly. He needs to go for something that you can start if Correct. that's where you're at. And by the way, if you're rostering Odell Beckham Jr., there's a really good chance that's the situation you're in, which is why I wrote that that way. Yeah, and it could uh, be too, because like you said, the discount from the draft like you he may have been your third or fourth wide receiver it's entirely possible yep. so the with with we've got a we've we're, we're running a little low on low on time here so uh as far as invests uh i will give you one let's do a running back here and it's james robinson i mean very quietly james robinson is averaging 20.3 opportunities per game 99.4 total yards and 17.8 fantasy points per game and i'm frankly i see very little reason why that's not going to continue he it's really the one thing that's been working in jacksonville in a very real way so i get it but he's he's still a top 12 running back right now oh i understand this is not going to be cheap steve (laughs) no no, i want to be very clear here about this this isn't going to be cheap okay normally what i give the give the the viewer and the listener, I should say as well, for our podcast audience, right. is cheap and cheerful. Things things that aren't going to cost you too much. But have you seen running back? We've talked about this several times. If you are looking for a quality running back to fill out a hole on your team to build to build a playoff roster, James Robinson is the perfect RB2, as far as I'm concerned, for a playoff roster for 2021. But it's going to be expensive. You're going to have to give up something nice in order to get this. This is not going to be one of those, oh, I'll just trade depth pieces and then cobble it together. This is going to be more like, okay, I need to make a, a somewhat sizable investment here to get this done. But as far as if I'm looking for RB2s to try and build my playoff roster, he's he's like the top of the list, largely because, I mean, obviously they're on by this week, but coming back, they have Seattle. And when you get to the playoffs, they have three hugely plus matchups in a row. So James Robinson is one for like, take a page, hold on to that idea. James Robinson is, is one of the ones that I'm looking for. I acknowledge that this will be expensive to, in order to get this done. But if I'm, if I've, if I'm going to the playoffs and this is, and I need a running back and I've got depth at wide receiver, for example, or maybe I have something above replacement level at quarterback or tight end, it depends on who you're going to negotiate with. But if I have the ability to negotiate for James Robinson, cost aside, I'm going to, that is absolutely my stance on the matter. So there you go. So I can't imagine you have too much pushback for me on that one. We might actually finally agree on something here today. <laughs> no, that's J- James Robinson. The only pushback is it's just Cost. like um, Jonathan Taylor or, but even Jonathan Taylor's been catching the ball lately. It's mainly a, uh, it's mainly an invest for no point or half point. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, like for, for PPR, I'm slightly less interested, but again, he's still getting enough opportunity and workload that it's hard to say no to. Yeah. And I could give you another divest, but to be honest with you, most of the divest at this point, people already know Robbie Anderson, Miles Sanders is bad at football. And we're not going to do another show about Miles Sanders is bad at football. I, I, I mean, we will, but not today. Sure. We like we will absolutely do another show about Miles Sanders is bad at football, but not, we, let's not do that today. Uh, 
The only other one that I was going to mention is, uh, and this is another one from the this may be expensive category, uh, but Stefan Diggs, actually. So it's a little, it's a shame that we're recording sure. this on Wednesday. See if after. you buy low on Diggs. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame we're recording this on Wednesday before he got right a little bit uh, mm. on Monday Night Football. But he didn't get right as much as you would, as much as to make this unapplicable. Yeah. So Stefan Diggs for me is the like number one wide receiver by low. If the individual who drafted him, who's he just, he, he's been, he's been fine, but he has not produced enough to justify that first round ADP. Right. So given that he's currently averaging 9.4 targets a game, 127.2 air yards per game. So those are great. I mean, those are great numbers. Uh, and here's the thing. Dawson Knox broke his hand and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm going to keep saying this. I just don't know that it's been a great story, but I just don't know that it's going to continue with that white hot pace for the remainder of the season. So for me, if I can still get in low a little bit on Stefan Diggs, that's my number one uh, wide receiver, like target invest. That's, that's who I'm looking for right now. Followed not too far behind by Deandre Hopkins, given some of his little bit of struggles, but I would prefer the Stefan Diggs over the yeah. Hopkins at this point. So just a couple quick hitters as far as investments. So is there any, is there any, any, you find, do you have any issue with any of that as far no. as would you, would you view Deandre Hopkins as an investment candidate? Cause I still do. Uh, to try to buy low on Hopkins. Yeah. A little or? bit. Yeah. A little bit of a buy low right here. Cause he's like wide receiver 15 right now. So he's another one that doesn't yep. return the wide receiver. Sure. I still the, think the, you'd, you'd have to pay a premium to try. There, to there, there's there again, I'm not debating that you're going to have to pay mm-hmm. a premium for Stefan Diggs too. Right. Yeah. Like that's why I gave you all the free value ones earlier on in the show. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. there's a lot of happy value guys. And we could talk about Jacoby Myers again, if you want to, if you want to talk about values. Uh, but there's also we're getting to that time of year where it's like, look, if I need a centerpiece for my team because I'm going to the playoffs and I yep. need to put myself over the top, sometimes you got to spend some cash on that. And James Robinson, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre so Hopkins, these are the names I'm looking at. So let's talk about uh, a couple of guys here. Because you talked about Diggs on the Bills, he has a 25.25% target share right now. Uh, so there are only 17 players in the NFL that have at least a 25% target share. Let's talk about a couple of guys. Do you buy it or not? Sure. Uh, Brandon Cooks. He's got a 32% target share. He's the only guy there. (laughs) We've talked about the fact that they're trying to basically rebuild that entire team. Yeah. We're approaching the November 2nd trade deadline. We keep saying, I think he's going to move. Yeah. We just don't know where. So are you are like he's right now he's PPR wide receiver 18. Do you buy Brandon Cooks rest of the season? Are you interested in investing in that if you can get it for cheap? I doubt you'll get it for cheap becomes the the issue with that line of questioning because he is wide receiver 18 currently and he's been mm-hmm. good for whoever was able to roster him, especially given the relative ADP. But that yeah, you got him for basically him. free. You, exactly. You got him for basically free and he's cashing for you. So those are the yeah. types of things. He's that been are really a top hard. 24 wide receiver four of his six games for trading four. It's a really hard thing to pry away from somebody who, yeah. who's, who hit it, who hit the lottery that hard on yep. draft day. You're going to struggle to convince somebody to give up on that. So frankly, do, you're asking me if I buy it. Sure. I would be happy to roster your Brandon cooks for the rest of the season. Even if he got traded, it's probably right, how about this? He's a top 20 wide receiver right now. Would you sell him at top 20 value or do you buy that? He stays there the rest of the year. Ah, now there's the question that I think that we need to talk about. So I do buy that. He will stay there assuming that he is not dealt by Houston, but what I can't account for 
is that delta at this point. Sure. So if I'm in a situation where I, I can be risk averse with this and I can mm-hmm. hold on to it for the remainder of the year, I'm inclined to, because I do yeah. believe at this point that he'll finish in the top 20. However, if I'm thin or if I've got problems that Brandon Cooks can solve and somebody wants to give me current Brandon Cooks value, not draft day Brandon Cooks value, I'm probably doing it. Especially if I'm like two and three, sorry, uh, two and four. Sure, sure. Um, okay, this is an interesting one. So I mentioned there's 17 players who hit that threshold, right? Yeah. Allen Robinson is actually number 17 at 25%. Uh, And again, he's had a disappointing start to the year. He's not finished in the top 40 yet in, uh, in PPR at wide receiver. If you'd be interested in, in buying low on Allen Robinson is an entirely different discussion. What I'm interested in is 29% target share for Darnell Mooney, who is currently the wide receiver 50. Right. So he is currently being treated as the number one wide receiver in Chicago. Are you interested in Darnell Mooney rest of season? I am. And it's actually, I, we didn't talk about this cause we were running low and we wanted to do this, but Alan Robinson was in my divest list from last Friday yes. and that has not changed. And we've talked about that two weeks ago that mm-hmm. remains unchanged. Alan Robinson, it's just not clicking. Whereas Darnell Mooney wave of the future, Justin Fields yeah. is looking for him early and often. And I see no reason for that to change. Darnell Mooney in Dynasty at this point with Fields probably coming back. Also, Darnell Mooney rest of the season in uh, in PPR, especially because he's only at 50 right now. I yep. bet you he finishes somewhere closer to 33. Yeah, and again, he's had at least four targets in every single game. He has been the number one target on that offense, yeah. and he is the deep threat. So I think he's going to end up having a decent finish to the season regardless of his. He's probably going to finish Robinson around 32, 33, something like that, given the yeah. current production that he's been getting. I see no reason. And for, for me at wide receiver, my number one ad that's on this list, 26% target share, Jacoby Myers. Who we've, oh, so we are going to talk about Jacoby Myers again. <laughs> yeah, who we've talked, who we talked about on the last show. And I intentionally didn't put Jacoby Myers back on the list. So let's, let's, yeah. I'll see to you. Go ahead. Yeah. He's having a great start to the season. I think that he, uh, I think he absolutely can have a breakout game at some point here. It's just a matter of, is he going to find the end zone? That's really been the difference. It's amazing. Right? He hasn't scored yet. Yeah. He's got 52 targets. So can he find the end zone is the biggest question for him. Uh, I have no pushback to that. Jacoby Myers all day. He's so heavily involved that you can't ignore it. Right. If he was scoring touchdowns, everybody would know who Jacoby Myers is, even casual fans, but he's not. And that's the problem. Uh, let's see. How many does he have? Present, right. Presents an interesting opportunity, though, uh, because you can still get Jacoby Myers at a discount. Right. It's a it's a rare opportunity to get a it guy is. who's it's that a- heavily involved in the offense. It's a very unique position that we, we probably see it maybe – like once a decade, something like that. It's right. It's very rare that somebody's that involved that has that few scores. Right. Because ultimately, uh, again, the, the opportunity is there. He's being heavily utilized. It's just, can he find the end zone? Because if he does, then all of a sudden he blows up. And just to put a, yeah, I want to make sure I got that number exactly right. Yes. So right now for the season, 24.83% target share over the last four weeks. Pretty good. Yeah. Over the last four weeks specifically. Where'd he go? I lost him. This filter's not working for me right now. (laughs) 
but uh, 26% over the last four weeks. That's fantastic. Anything over 25 is really, really good. Right. And so. again, like the, the finishes that he's had, the start to the season that he's had, you'd say, oh, well, who cares? Like 55, 57, 18, 21, 46, 36. So the start to the year, 55 and 57, pretty bad. But right. he's been right. at least a flex each of the last four weeks. He was in the top 24 for two weeks. He was a wide receiver three last week. And again, he hasn't scored a touchdown. Yet. And that is six free points whenever he does. It. <laughs> It'll so, happen eventually. So I this promise. is so this is all just him just catching passes and being involved in the offense. It's insane. And eventually that'll correct itself. So for me, he is my biggest seek out at wide receiver because, because of those numbers, he's wide receiver in points per game. Jacoby Myers right now is wide receiver 38 in PPR. So if you're telling me I can get Jacoby Myers for wide receiver 38 value, if I overpay by paying wide receiver three value for Jacoby Myers, I he's top 24 once he starts finding the end zone. Yeah. The only issue with that is that they seem to really be favoring the tight ends when they get into the red zone, but Hunter Hunter Henry is not going to catch a 25 yard touchdown every single week like he did last week. So we see this all the time too, with Julio Jones over the years, like already this season, Jacoby Myers has had two touchdowns called back by penalty. Yes, that's true. That's (laughs) true. I mean, this he's been in the end zone. He just doesn't, He's had it a two-point conversion. It just oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah. count for six. That's the uh, that's the big thing. So that's that's one I am absolutely looking at. Anywhere I can possibly acquire Jacoby Myers, I'm certainly looking to do it. It's crazy to me how involved he is and how little buzz it gets. Whereas if he yeah. was if he had even scored one to two touchdowns, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be a conversation we're having. If he was McCole Hardman. We yeah. would hear oh, about yeah. all the time about how oh if only how explosive he is oh look how great he looks yeah well, look if how he played fast for Kansas City yeah we'd hear yeah. all the great things about him. But is there anybody else on your side of the wall over there that that you're uh, that you're kind of you kind of got your eyes on? Well, see, obviously... I got all fired up about Jacoby Myers. And oh, I know. I, I had somebody else in mind, and I'm totally blanking on who it but was. We could right do now. a spoiler for next week while you're doing that, which is we'll talk about Chris Godwin on next week's show, probably at length. Yeah. Um, but let's just say for the, the sake of foreshadowing that that's going to be a divest for both of us. And uh, you're never going to be able to acquire Antonio Brown from anybody. So good luck no. with that. It's never going to happen. Not at this point. So, uh, oh, that's what it was. I did want to mention, not really that it's a buy low. It's it's something you might be able to acquire still. But my guy Rashad Bateman. Oh, I figured you want to talk about Rashad Bateman. That's right. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, just the check targets, your waiver wire. The targets from last week. Yeah, I want to pull up thing. the uh, the official numbers because I did write them down over here. I was at least somewhat prepared for this. Okay. In a, in a small way, I was ready for this. Uh, but no, my guy Rashad Bateman, last week we mentioned it was his first career NFL game. They were in a blowout. He was on a pitch count, barely you know, held out. They didn't want to give him the full work- workload out no. the gate. And we talked about divesting from 
Hollywood Brown, who's been a top 10 points per game. Twice wide receiver. now, we've actually talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last week, again, Hollywood Brown, 80% of the snaps. He ran 26 routes on those snaps and yet only had five targets. Rashad Bateman, just 63% of the snaps, ran 19 routes and still saw six targets. Tied for Mark Andrews with the team lead pretty in good. that game. Rashad Bateman is the alpha. He is the guy in Baltimore. I don't care that Sammy Watkins wasn't there. He doesn't do anything. Stop telling me. I don't care Sammy that Sammy Watkins, Watkins is, is on the Ravens. Yeah, doesn't to matter. To be honest, like it, it makes no difference whether Sammy Watkins is there or not. It, like, it literally this, doesn't matter. This past week, Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman tied for the team lead in targets, and that's because Bateman played significantly less snaps than Mark Andrews. That's and that's it. gonna that's gonna that's correct. it. Once Rashad Bateman is on a full workload, which he should be starting this week, he will lead the team in targets consistently. I don't know if he's gonna get the full workload. He, he, he should be this get... week. If he was at 65 last week and their normal starters are getting 80% of the tar of the snap share, no. I feel like he should bump up to about that this week. Uh, okay. And as I, and I, as little as it matters, because we've just alluded yeah. to it, just Sammy Watkins probably not gonna play in that game. Right. As little so, as it matters. I, I'm going to say at this point, if you can sell out on Hollywood, absolutely get what you can yes. get. Top, and again, don't sell short. No, He's no, no, top no. 10 wide receiver right now. Get top 10 value. I would settle for top 15 or top 20. If nobody I want wants to buy done. in on it, I want, I want to get out this of weekend, by the way, not yeah. to get all businessy on people, have it on my desk by Friday at noon, but it kind of is that yeah. where, because the, this only goes down folks. So yep. this is the high point for Hollywood Brown. He it's is my, besides Miles Sanders' victory laps that I wrote about, which are just funny for me, sure. and then past Kareem Hunt, there is no bigger divest than Hollywood Brown. Because this, by the way, is how you can win a league. Mm -hmm. Because you cashed so hard on Hollywood Brown, and if you can get out at the right time, which is now, as we pointed out, you can build your playoff roster functionally right now because the sky's the limit. And there are a lot of individuals who don't know anything about Rashad Bateman don't know much about, they know Hollywood Brown has been producing and they've heard the name in the past. Yeah. And so if you're playing with casuals, especially this is a great opportunity to unload Hollywood Brown for top 10 wide receiver value. I mean, top 10 wide receiver value, this get, that gets you, but you're talking about, you can acquire a running back with mm -hmm. that. Like, and, and as I've pointed out and we'll continue to point out all year, have you seen running back? It's awful. You probably yeah. need help there. Like that's, that falls in a neat little category called 99% of people. So, like, if you can get a running back for the quality running back for Hollywood Brown, for example, James Robinson, uh, I'm ten thousand percent doing that. I want. Well, I mean, look, Brown like, train. realistically, like, just based on where they're ranked, you could absolutely get Hollywood Brown for AJ Brown and Josh Jacobs. You could one hundred percent get that deal done. I would do that so fast. I would. I would not even 100%. give them the opportunity to sleep on it. I'm taking that right now. Yep. You could. You could one hundred percent get that deal done with the numbers that he put up and how those two have had slow starts to the season, and now how we both think they're going to kind of turn that around. I absolutely would do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody yeah. else in there? Like, again, you could get a if you're a five and one. Six and O team that has Hollywood Brown, but you might be right. Then maybe I'm looking at uh, a wide receiver and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. 
to, yeah. to build up my roster or well, what about Beckham like and an established running back? Who's well, I was going to say, what like about like, Robinson. what about like an Antonio Gibson? Cause I know you're an Antonio Gibson guy. Yeah. The uh, only issue with that is Antonio Gibson was generally a top 10 to 12 I know. pick and, he's and he hasn't any, he is hurt. Yeah. Uh, with the the shin fracture, he's playing through it. He's doing fine. I do love sure. Antonio Gibson. I think he'll still be fine the rest of the way. But I would be nervous, uh, heavily investing in. Antonio. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you about a different one then, real quick, because I know we're running over time and we got to wrap this up here relatively yeah, yeah. soon. So here's here's one that I'll give you because we this is the most baffling thing from the preseason I think for both of us. What about trying to acquire DeAndre Swift? Mm-hmm. If people are still not sold on it for whatever reason, because that was our experience in the preseason. Well, and again, I think that's a similar thing where people invested a top, well, three, top three pick, top third round pick. Third round was his ADP. To get, uh, to get DeAndre Swift. And if you were the person that drafted DeAndre Swift, more often than not, it wasn't because ADP pushed him to you. It was because you really wanted DeAndre Swift. Right. So I think it's going to be hard to pry him away. Uh, I would say maybe... You're in a similar situation with like a Daryl Henderson, a guy sure, who's had sure. a great season that you didn't necessarily overinvest in to begin with. He gives you a solid floor, not much of a ceiling, but consistency. If I can get Daryl Henderson for Hollywood Brown, I would do it. I would what about much Leonard Fournette? do that. Similar situation. Leonard what Fournette, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He falls into that category. What about Corderell Patterson? That's the scary one. That one's crazy. That's the scary one. That, the, I don't know. Boy, I've never been more right about anything nine years too late. <laughs> I've never been more right about anything on a nine-year clock. Uh, yeah. It's it's unbelievable how right I was nine years ago. Right. Yeah, Cordell <laughs> Patterson, that's insane. Uh, apparently, I could see it in the future. I just can't apply it in real terms. Uh it's uh, it's unbelievable, but realistically, that's kind of what I'm looking for, though, because if otherwise I'm looking for or, a, uh, similarly to the Kareem Hunt when I mentioned Chase AJ Edmonds, Brown maybe. and uh, David Montgomery. Yeah. OK, that's a good one from two weeks ago, too, where David yeah. Montgomery, if you've got a good team and you can put him on your yep. IR, yep. Uh, that's great for your playoffs. What about like a Chase Edmonds, though? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Same, like a Chase Edmonds. Deal. It's the same kind of neighborhood where I'm looking for like a kind of an RB2E kind of thing plus a replacement level wide receiver yeah. that I think will pop off a little bit. You can absolutely get that deal done right now. And I think the Daryl Henderson one might actually be, if I was doing a one for one, if I could get Daryl Henderson or better, which you, it's not going to get yeah. much better. Yeah, I than would Darryl do Daryl Henderson or James Robinson straight up. I would, Hollywood. yeah, 100%. 100%. I would do that right now. Like yeah. I would do that trade right now and I would sleep like a yeah. baby. And because he's hurt, uh, Kareem Hunt plus. Yes, Kareem Hunt plus something else, because you got at least three mm-hmm. or four weeks there before Kareem Hunt's coming back. Right. Uh, but that's, and then well, I guess maybe Chris Carson. The neck thing scares me. No, we talked yeah, to Edwin about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Edwin was spot on about this. I don't want any year. part of Chris Carson. This is the last year for Chris Carson in Dynasty, even, I think, based on what Edwin was saying. And I, yeah. I he, he won me over on that argument, by the way. So I was like, hmm, that's scary. Um, but those are, that's the type of thing that you could acquire for Hollywood Brown. This is, and this is the time because. This only gets worse. Mm-hmm. We've explained yeah. it. It's it's clear as day. That, look, and this is just, if people like anecdotal evidence, I'll give you something nice and anecdotal that, that doesn't involve complicated math. Football teams do not draft people and the players in the first round to not play them right. <laughs> and to not make them the focal point of the team. Yep. Hollywood Brown has been a nice story off and on. A nice story, not so nice story, then nice story again, actually, is the, the arc on that. Yeah. And it's a nice story, but they don't bring in a, a Rashad Bateman level prospect 
to not make him the focal point of the wide receiver room, folks. So Hollywood Brown has always been on a clock and the clock is we're getting to the end of the clock, folks. And he's he's look, he's out kicked expectations, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough for the Ravens to suddenly change what they were. And, well, and it's the same thing, too. Like, I'm not saying that Hollywood's going to completely fall off the face of the earth. He's probably still borderline wide receiver three rest of the way. Sure. Yeah. He'll like have some kind of value. He'll still have good weeks here. Not like he's still, not going to play. Yeah. He'll still be the like, deep threat and, and give you those long ball options. But we were talking about the fact that I'll take anybody on Arizona, right? Like mm. I, I want anybody like Hopkins, Rondale Moore, AJ Green's going to have his spot starts through these bye weeks. Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk has his spot. All of these guys the are yeah. valuable. They've thrown the ball 195 times. Baltimore has thrown it 194. <laughs> and this is not your mama's Baltimore Ravens offense. Okay. Like they throw the ball a ton. Those targets are going somewhere and Rashad Bateman is going to get a big chunk of those. So he's absolutely somebody I'm interested in. And if I can move on from Hollywood Brown while he's still hot, then I will absolutely do it. Yeah. That's the big takeaway. I think from, from if, if you've learned nothing else from this hour and almost 15 minutes of us talking yep. about this, that is the takeaway is that get Hollywood Brown off your team at max value now. And don't, don't have buyer's remorse later that you held on to it when he starts putting up tens. Yeah. Perfect. Man, beyond that, that's, I think we covered it. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's it. So we're, we're going to revisit some of our preseason takes with Jack next week. So we'll go through all that. Looking forward to that. Uh, halfway point already of the regular I season. I can't believe how fast so, this has gone. It, yep, it feels like we just started halfway. <laughs> it feels like we just started and, and here right. we are. We're halfway home. Yep. It's unbelievable. All right. So again, Steve Bonham at nonsense underscore Steve Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. Check out Neil's trade piece. Friday, on, uh, Friday morning on important Check out all the guys at important and at nonsense FF everywhere. And until next week, just keep up the nonsense. Patreon, nonsense.com. One dollar. One dollar. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!